Welcome to the Spirit Room. I'm Melissa White. And I'm Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. We're mediums. And moms. And we're inspired to create this space for the spiritually curious, the developing intuitive, and the soulful spirit. Welcome again to the Spirit Room. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Room. Very um, happy and blessed to be here with you guys. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy full moon. Yes, full moon. And we're doing another recording in the evening, which is nice because you know how I like the nighttime. Um, but yeah, just um, kind of a, a unique energy right now. It does feel like there's there's a lot. Um, there's a lot of energy swirling around us. So it was kind of interesting for us to come up with a topic. It's almost like so much going on, hard to hard to figure out what we really wanted to talk about. Yeah. We usually talk about our week first. We're like, well, what's come up this week? And I think both of us have had a pretty peaceful week. (laughs) It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, it's, it's, it's going and as much as it's kind of a strange time, it is, it is very peaceful in some ways as well. So yeah, I think tonight for us to talk about um, a spiritual life, you know, and how to basically um, incorporate your spirituality into your life and live with intention. I think that's going to be useful and helpful for people, definitely. I think so too. And it was something I pondered a lot really early on in my development because, you know, I first studied under somebody who was, you know, a student of Yogananda and I was more into witchy stuff. I really liked, you know, candles and like the crone, the maiden, you know, I I really liked different aspects of spirituality. So it was quite a journey for me really early on to kind of find something that was really authentic for me. Yes. Did you feel pressured to adopt those kinds of um, habits and rituals that you were sort of being exposed to? I felt like there was just this air of this is the best way, right? Mm -hmm. Or this is the most light way. Like, I just want to call it like light washing. It's just like, this is the way to the light. So it wasn't so much that I was pressured, but was like this underlying pressure because it was somebody admired so much. I was like, right, this is what they do. And they're so connected because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of you know, it's a bit of a mental thing too, when you're developing, because you're just kind of like looking at what's out there and what's this person doing? What's this person doing? And you can't help but model some of it. And it took me a long time to find something that was like really authentic to me. And it looks different every day. So I'm excited to get into this topic. That's a good question. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because I feel I I know for myself, I put that pressure on myself too um, a lot in the beginning. Like that, I had to basically not that I not that anyone I don't mean that anyone put that on you, but just that would you put that on yourself? Like oh, I guess that because of that admiration or because that's especially when someone is your teacher, your mentor, um, you do you tend to trust. You know what they're doing must be working. Look, look at what look at what's going on for them, right? And look at how they are um, uh, embracing spirit. So yeah, I, I feel this. I felt the same way actually earlier on. 
Yeah. And so I think too, we touched a little bit on this on the meditation episode last week where, you know, early on you feel all this pressure, like I need to meditate every day or I'm not going to be connected to spirit. And same with my kind of, you know, devotional practice. I was still trying to work out what devotion looked like for me, not growing up with any kind of religion or anything to model. I know like you grew up with some Catholic faith and what I was always drawn to from churches as a kid was that they lit candles at certain times, you know, that the, the, the Bible seems so sacred. Like I was always seeming to chase ceremony, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what that looked like for me. And I knew that it was spiritual and it would make me feel connected. And that's really what we're looking for. I think when we're first developing is connection, right. To spirit, to source, to our own selves And so I would just see around me from different teachers and different people who grew up with religion that they had something. And I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like I had something, especially those early years. Definitely. So it's it's interesting because I take the same kind of thing with the lighting of the candle. You know, I take that from um, my Catholic faith and I I definitely, that's my go-to sort of sign to myself and to spirit that, okay, like something, something is happening here, something beautiful, something devotional, some, you know, prayer is happening now. Um, mm. And that's with the, the candle. Um, I'm also, I'm really intrigued with like witchy stuff too. I don't know a ton, you know, but anytime there's any kind of like um, uh, anything to do with the lighting of the different colored candles and the different ways to work with candles, I'm always very intrigued like interested um i went for a reading i don't know a couple years ago um and this lady was telling me about uh, a red candle she said that i should use a red candle and light it every night and basically call in my you know my partner call in that love that deep deep passionate love um and i did that and then i met like matt like three weeks later Oh, awesome. (laughs) So I was like, hmm, there's something to this. I mean, obviously I know that it has to do with intention, um, but it was, it was pretty powerful. So yeah, I I look back on that and I think that was a really cool, it's a cool way to focus your intention. It's it's symbolic also with the flame and the light. Um, I always use white candles for, for prayer. Um, And while I'm doing readings, Um, what about you? What's your kind of, how do you use candles? Oh man. I, well, I have two lit around me right now. Like I'm sitting at my desk at home. I have altars mm-hmm. all over my home. Right. So I have my desk altar and I'm surrounded by, I probably have like a 30 pound amethyst crystal lamp and a rose quartz Ooh. lamp. Oh, um, I love those. I have a full moon candle that I actually just anointed with some full moon and Leo ritual oil that one of my students in New Hampshire created for me. Oh, and then beautiful. on the other side of my desk, I have a rabbit pelt that's actually from my grandmother's traditional lands in Manitoba. Yeah. And on it, I have a First Nations woman who's sitting cross-legged and in between her lap is a candle that I light before I do any work that's spiritual in nature. So I light a moon candle and then this like, I guess I can call it like an ancestral candle. Mm-hmm. Just, um, you know, just a homage to my, my indigenous ancestors. And so I just kind of light a candle whenever I want spirit to know that I'm thinking of them. Mm-hmm. So not even just my deceased relatives, but like my guides, yeah. my angels, just any spirit who knows I'm going to be a service for them. I'm like, this candle's for you. So it's just kind of my signifying marker, like, okay, I'm ready. Like I'm here to work for you. And so what are we going to do today? 
<laughs> definitely, definitely. I realized I didn't know about altars and stuff like that until a couple years into my development. And I thought about it. I'm like, I've been making altars in my home for years. I just yeah. didn't realize that's what they were. Um, and that's what it was about, you know, and it's like, um, a previous partner was like, oh, these knickknacks, you're always, you know, he wanted kind of more like, like clean lines and like not too much stuff on tables and stuff. And I'm like, I can't help it. It's just like, it has to be, it, and to me, it's like each little thing is, is symbolic and it means something. And I look back and I'm like, oh, energetically, it makes total sense what that was about. Yeah. I have feathers everywhere. Like I have eagle feathers. I even have an owl wing and my husband, oh my every surface, cause he does not like yeah. clutter at all. But yeah. every yeah. surface of my house is an altar. And he's like, your stuff is everywhere. I'm like, it is sacred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, you have a mother Mary next to a cauldron. He's like, you are going to hell. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, it has to be, it has to be an expression of you, right? And like each part of you, I think is expressed through the different types of little altars and things that we create. Yeah. I, I think like if I never thought about it like this, but every altar is just an eclectic gathering yes. of everything I believe in. And so mm -hmm. like my indigenous ancestor item is next to a crystal grid, which mm -hmm. is to my anointment oils, which is next to my cauldron, which is next to Mother Mary. It's like, it's a big eclectic collection of everything that I believe in and that makes my heart sing. I think it's important. I, I know for myself and for spiritual people and people that we are sort of connecting to spirit and we're living in this different vibration, living in a different way. I find that most of us, our home has to be a sanctuary. The mm -hmm. energy of the home has to be a certain way. And if it's not, it's like, we can't do it, you know? So for us, I mean, we've moved, I don't know, I've moved over the last however many, a couple of years, like, I don't know, five times, six times. Mm -hmm. And part of that was circumstance, but also for the, in the, over the last year and a half or so, a lot of it has been finding the right energy and finding the right fit. Um, and I finally feel like we're in that and it feels so good to have that. You don't re I think I didn't realize how important the energy of the home and the environment that I'm in affects me until I was sort of out of it. Yeah. Um, so now, and now that I, now that we're in it, um, it just makes such a huge difference. Absolutely. And you know, you do your spirit work at home. So do I. And yeah. sometimes we invite people over to our space to work with us one-on-one -on -one. and, I agree. It's like, it, it has a vibe. It's a container for the work that we do, which is, you know, divine work. And I agree. It has to feel like home. And I'm much the same as you. Me and my husband have been together 12 years and I think we've bought and sold six homes and like we're on yeah. our sixth house right now. And this right. is it. This is my forever home. Mm -hmm. I am never leaving here. Yeah. But it took us a long time to find this place. And this is the first place where I actually took the time to create all these altars because right. I was always in places where I just felt like we weren't staying. So it would just be like a nightstand altar and yeah, it would same. all the time. But mm -hmm. now it's like, nope, this is home and we're going to make it home. Yeah. But it definitely it, it, causes a bit of conflict because it's all my stuff everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. But it's yeah, it is so important. For me, also another part of my um, living in my own sort of spiritual way is that words are so important to me. Like I need to have 
um, quotes and verses and beautiful writing around me. So I do have a lot of like signs and things. I have my Irish blessing that hangs at the front door. Um, you know, things that inspire me and remind me of spirit and remind me of, you know, feeling that inspiration and upliftment. And I think, I don't know, when I, when I look back, I'm like, I'm glad that my kids have grown up in that sort of environment that if they're ever struggling or if they ever need to, there's a reminder, you know, there's something up in their home. And so they'll, even if it's not even conscious, a conscious thought, but something that they'll always know that those words are powerful and hopefully that they'll take something from that, you know, it creates that kind of beautiful energy too. Absolutely. I love that you said that. I, I just got one of those little letter boards. I'm mm-hmm. about two years behind the trend, but it's, yeah, been fun. <laughs> it's been fun putting that kind of, that's our only sign in our house. So I was actually just before we hopped on, going to switch it right now. It says, um, spirit, how may I serve you today? But I was just thinking I wanted to change it to say, um, when in doubt, focus on service. Yeah. And like, just have these kind of like reminders and you're right. Their words are so powerful. So I love that you have those around the house. And I've seen a lot of people who do a lot of law of attraction and manifesting, like even write themselves notes on the mirrors, like as, as reminders to hold that vibrational space. Yes. Yes, definitely. That's an important thing too, to have that kind of, um, that sign that sort of it's sinking into your awareness, even if you're not even totally focused on it, it's there, right? So it holds that energy. Yeah, I have, um, I don't know if I, I love numerology and I love crystals as well. And so with numerology, like I wanted my house to be a two house just because mm-hmm. it's harmonious, it's peaceful. It's, you know, I really like the number two and 22 is actually like my favorite number of all time. But of course that mm-hmm. was for numerology. So I actually counted my address and put a little number on the inside of my door so that the energy of the house would equal a two. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of that actually. I think um, I can't remember where I heard it, but yeah, that that is something that you can do um, to kind of vibrationally um, set the tone, you know, set that energy for your home. Yeah, and then I also have citrine crystals at every entrance and exit, um, or no pyrite, sorry, pyrite crystal yeah. at every entrance and exit, just for like abundance, like mm-hmm. abundance of love, like abundance of connection, like abundance all around. But there's some feng shui stuff I definitely have rocking in my house that I didn't even know was feng shui. <laughs> yeah, I know it's so interesting. That's something that I don't know a ton about. All I know about is like the abundance corner at the back left corner I don't know something about I think it is the back left um uh and stuff like that but I mean it's it's really something interesting for people to check into you know if you're intrigued by it or if it sounds interesting I mean there's all kinds of things that you can do to kind of raise the vibration and kind of create that kind of special harmonious kind of vibe in your home Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that I discovered in 2017 when I did this um, shamanic immersion program, and I got to tell you, this was a huge pivot in my life when it came to intentional living, but it was living in rhythm with the moon cycles. Like I started moon tracking. I started tracking my sleep, my readings, my my actual woman's cycle, my my dreams, like my disposition. I started tracking everything with the moon. And now I do moon tracking every single day. And like even before we hopped on our call, I did my full moon work tonight. But I found like that for me has been one of 
the anchors in my life for the past three years because it gives me something to remind me to live intentionally every single day. I think that's amazing. And I think it is so, so powerful. It's something that I haven't done, um, but I've been thinking about doing it for so long. Um, just being someone who I know that I'm so, so, so connected to the moon and so affected by the different cycles. Um, so it would be wonderful to, yeah, I need to delve into it more. Um, and so I think that's an amazing thing to, to use for sure. Yeah, Yasmin Bolin, she wrote the book Moonology. She has some really mm-hmm. cool resources as well um, if you're interested in learning a little bit more, more about the moon. But I thought it would just be interesting to bring up because we're just kind of talking about like intentional living, like outside mm-hmm. of my mm-hmm. altars. Like I go up to my altar every day and I'll pull. For some reason, tarot fascinates me. Like I'm not me into too. tarot. I wouldn't be a tarot yes. reader, but I got yeah. this really beautiful, amazing indie deck. And so I have mm-hmm. on my altar my tarot deck and I just pull myself a tarot card every day to try to learn about tarot yeah like that's the only other well not the only but that's something else that I do that's intentional that makes me feel connected yeah I'll do that I'll do that sometimes with tarot and it's the same thing for me I don't feel I'll ever be a tarot reader but I'm so fascinated by it and it's such an amazing amazing area of study um and I find it really cool I'll read tarot sometimes but it's purely intuitively it's not like i i have a i mean i have a general idea about the major arcana and the minor but it's not i I wouldn't say i'm proficient in it at all um but i i can obviously we can read anything you can read it intuitively um but i'll do my oracle card um usually in the morning um and i'll just basically say what do I need to know today or what, you know, what, what, what do you have me know? You know, what do I sort of need? Um, and that's usually sets the tone for the day. Um, I'll also go to any one of my spiritual books. I really love, um, the sayings of White Eagle, um, who is the guide of an English medium named Grace Cook. And, the writing is absolutely beautiful and a lot of it has to do with um almost like this connection of of connection with jesus um and so sometimes if i'm feeling like oh i just want to get that sort of inspiration i'll just open it to whatever page that i feel drawn to i'll read a little passage i read it aloud and i feel like that is another way that i can sort of set my intention set my kind of energy for what kind of energy i want to be working in yeah no that's really good i I use books. I guess I call it bibliography. Is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Bibliography. Like, I can't remember the name where you just like use the yeah. book as like an oracle. But I love yeah. Rebecca Campbell's work. So Rise, Sister, Rise and Black is the New Light because it's just a collection of her story, but also like poetry is very divine feminine based. So I, I go to her book once in a while and just like flip it open to a page and look for inspiration. There's usually a bit of synchronicity there too, which mm-hmm. is always very amazing. Like I just love it. Um, so what do you do around like holidays? Um, this is what I'm thinking, like something else that I do that's kind of intention based is setting a plate for the ancestors, right? So like I'll still serve up a plate for my, my grandparents and everyone that's gone before me and I'll just leave the plate up on the counter and that's some way that like I honor them around holidays. Do you have anything like that that you do? I've thought about that many times. I think that's beautiful. Like I would love to adopt that. Um, oftentimes in the past we've done like just saved this the place like the actual chair like an empty chair kind of thing 
um, Christmas dinner or um, Thanksgiving. Um, New Year's for me is really, really big. I find that I'm really, really inspired around um, setting intentions for the new year. And so usually on um, either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, I will pull cards for myself for the year, you know, month by month. Um, I'll set my intention there. I'll set also like we, we talked about this before, our power words are kind of like the words that we're, we're hoping to kind of embrace um, for the year. And sometimes I'll actually write a letter to myself, um, basically like this is, you know, this is what I wish for you. This is what I want for you. Um, and I find that that's very much like a, a ritual or something that I find really, really comforting, you know, to, to always return to. Um, Thanksgiving is also a favorite. I find that the gratitude, the idea of, you know, having a celebration and being grateful, although that's something that we strive for, you know, all year, um, something about the, the collective energy of people coming together in that gratitude is really powerful. Um, so I find that it's just, on Thanksgiving, it's more like, um, a prayer, you know, it's sort of like this, this sort of um, prayer of ingratitude. Um, so I guess there's nothing really sort of unique about that, but that is always something that I find very um, important to do, you know, almost like an offering to, you know, like thankful for um, everything that Spirit's brought into my life and everything that God's brought into my life. Um, what about for you, anything else around holidays? You know, we, no, like, it's funny. I grew up pretty funny. Like, I, I love the way I was raised. I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, we don't even celebrate birthdays. Like, like literally, we don't. Like, me and my husband don't even exchange anniversary gifts. We don't exchange mm-hmm. Christmas gifts. Like, it's just Christmas for the kids, I think. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like I've missed out on a lot of that in my adult life. So... Yeah. No, I don't do anything like that. It's just kind of like Christmas for us. And I still remember my grandmother's um, death days. I hate calling it like that, but they're transition days. Um, So I do something for them on their transition days as well. Yes. I've done that with um, my mom, like the the anniversary of her father's passing, which was like a really, really profound loss for, for her and for me. Um, I'll usually drop off uh, flowers to her um, at her doorstep and like <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, nine door. Like, I'll just like leave them and go. Um, but as a way of kind of like honoring, you know, honoring that anniversary, you know, and honoring him. Yeah. No, I, I think I could use a little bit more of that in my life. I look at, you know, my daughter's birthday for the first few years anyways. And then when my second kid came along, I mean, life just became, comes chaos with two, right? Like two yeah. is four times harder. But yeah. like, I remember thinking like this girl made me a mom, like she grew a mom. And so I really looked at her birthday as being something super significant of me transitioning like to a mom. Cause that's such a big freaking deal especially because mm-hmm. your life does like a 180 so I remember on her birthday for the first few years I really it wasn't lost on me it was a very emotional <laughs> experience for me um but I I didn't mark it by any other reason than just like talking to her about it right mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know I find that for me um yeah, birthdays have always been, always been really important to me. Um, like for my loved ones, for the kids. And, um, I find that like, 
as like my son's getting older, he's turning 16 this month. And I'm kind of like, oh, like I feel almost like less equipped. I don't know how to make it special for a 16 year old boy. You know, like I'm racking my brain trying to figure it out, um, especially in this like current uh, environment that we're in, <laughs> quarantine, it's like a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of how I'm going to do that, you know? So, um, but I get what you mean. It is. It's like, I remember his first birthday being so excited, like so excited for his, his little party and, you know, putting him in his little, he had like a little, um, dress shirt and his little tie. And so it's like those moments, I don't know. It's just, you think back and it's like, those are such monumental experiences. Yeah, let me ask you something. I want I'd love your take on this. So I since I was a kid and still even last year, a girl, we gotta talk every day every year on my birthday. And I swear I'm not manifesting this because I forget about it every year until the next birthday comes. Yeah. I have something horrible happen to me every year on my birthday. And when my like literally, like this past year, my accounts were all frauded. Like all the money was gone. And then I went to go to the bank, but my driver's license had expired. So then I had to go to the driver's DMV and then they wouldn't renew my license because they had an old married name from when I was 19. Like it was just a shit show, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) it was a total shit show. I've had like birthdays where I was stood up one birthday, which was devastating my birthday the year before last, um, I got stuck in a four hour traffic jam. So my whole family had dinner at the keg without me. And then one year everyone's food came, but mine. And then when they finally brought mine, they spilled it all over me. Oh my goodness. I know. And then when I was a kid, like we just stopped having birthday parties for me because one, I was in the summer. So end of summer, August 26th. And yeah, my mom's like every, and I remember this, like, remember McDonald's used to have like cement playgrounds? Mm-hmm. Well, kids were dropping up like flies, right? Out of my birthday parties. Like everyone was getting injured. By the time Kate came around, there'd be like two kids left. And then one year my mom did it at our house and somebody broke the fish tank and killed all the fish. Like every year on my birthday, <laughs> like some shit goes down. And I always dread my birthday when it comes and I, I'm not mm-hmm. afraid of getting older. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I used to always pinpoint it down because I always forgot about the kind of, and I'm putting it in air quotes, but bad luck I have on my birthday, yeah. but I always kind of pinned it down for the past 10 years. I've had this philosophy that like, I think sometimes I'm homesick, like on my birthday. Have you ever heard of that? I get that. And I, I think that's part of what it is. It's like your soul knows that it's a celebration to grow older in the physical world but you this, that part of yourself that is eternal and that part of yourself like longs to kind of be in spirit yeah I've always felt this kind of like homesickness yeah on my makes sense makes yeah. sense I think that's interesting um yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see if it changes because I feel <laughs> maybe, maybe over, you'll have to see. I mean, we'll have to, you'll have to track it. Um, but I feel like over the next couple of years, it, it, there's a potential to sort of shift that. Um, but that could be exactly what it is. And it's almost like that energy that's like then it's chaotic. It's like a chaotic energy around your birthday. It is. It is. And I think my birth was quite chaotic as well. 
Um, anyways, it, it, it was just kind of like when we're talking about ceremony, I'm like, no, we don't even celebrate birthdays. I'm like, I tell everyone, just please forget it was my birthday. Like, don't make a big deal about it. Like, let's just move on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and like, I was looking at my summer schedule for readings, right? Cause I'm going to be yeah. opening summer next month. And I was like, looking at my birthday, I was like, I'm not booking anything on my birthday. <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh. Like, I'm just going to go to Scandinav Spa by myself. That's what I was just going to say. You need to have a spa day. That's literally it. Like, by myself. Just a day for yourself. <laughs> totally. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> um, the other thing I really wanted to talk to you about, like we gave, I think people a lot of good kind of like insight into what we do, like intentional living, um, connecting to our spiritual selves. And really it is, I even have the word spirit um, tattooed on my wrist in my traditional language, Swampy Cree. And it's like, I always do these things because I just want to be remembered and be reminded that I'm a spirit, right? I have the infinity symbol on my wrist. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing. It's like a, it's a symbol, but it's so powerful and it's so important. It is. So I was curious and we, maybe we could share a little bit of the things that we do that want, we want to be reminded that we're human, right? Like non-spiritual. Sure. Yeah. Actually, I have something to add if it's okay. Um, about Christmas, this is something that other people might want to do too. Um, for Christmas, oftentimes I'll get like those, um, you can get at Michael's and stuff, little, little, um, tags that are, you know, different like, um, bells or candle shape or angel shape or whatever. They're those little pieces of paper and I'll write the names of my loved ones in spirit on them, like little, almost like their little decorations and then just tie it with a little ribbon. Um, and I'll put it on the tree and usually involve Avery in it. Cause she really seems to be quite open to that and quite like she likes to, to put the names on the tree. Um, and just as a way of basically honoring them, honoring their presence, um, at that time, especially, um, that it's kind of like a sign to them that like we're thinking of them. So that's just another thing that, you know, other people might want to try. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But yes. So, okay. So reminding ourselves that we're human. Well, I mean, I give myself permission to feel angry, annoyed. um, And I feel like that's very human. And in the beginning, I used to feel like a beginning of my development. I used to feel guilty or bad if I had any feeling that was not positive. Like I felt like I was doing something wrong or that obviously I was not a very spiritual person um, because I was having these feelings. And I actually had a few um, interesting experiences over the years where I had to stand up for myself. I had to kind of like, you know, be assertive. And I felt like it was like thrown back in my face because they're like, oh, you're supposed to be a spiritual person. So basically people expected, I think, me to kind of be like an emotional doormat, you know, and that's what they thought that spiritual meant. And it's like, oh, if you're spiritual, you can never be, you can never stand up for yourself. You can never be assertive. You can never, you know, like call someone out on their behavior. And I think that's ridiculous. I think that we have to be able to still be human, live in the human world, obviously never go out to try and hurt someone on purpose or to be rude or anything like that. But it's okay to experience anger. It's okay to experience, uh, you know, all of the, the variety of emotion um, in the human experience. 
Yeah, I definitely have felt like a lot of anger. Like one of the things, well, one thing I really like to do to remind myself I'm like human and not seeking for something spiritual is actually junk TV. Like the worst shows like you could imagine. Like I love the Kardashians, all the housewife shows, like Vanderpump, Vanderpump obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. And I mean, it's just crazy. And I scroll all these people, like I'm friends with them all on Instagram. When I say friends, I follow them on Instagram. Like I know way too much about their stories. (laughs) And I laugh at the silliness. Like, I'm like, is this spiritual? Like I'm laughing at somebody else's like, (laughs) you know, I want to say stupidity, but it's like (laughs) craziness. (laughs) But it it has to be at some point. I think it's mindless. And I think that's the appeal is that it's not something that you have to be. I think we, we use our energy and we have to focus our energy and we, we take, we need so much mental concentration, mental focus. Like we forget how much effort it actually takes to hold the link, you know, and how much effort it actually takes to do the work that we're doing emotionally, spiritually, even physically, the toll that it takes. Mm -hmm. So if we can find any little, like, you know, parts of our lives where none of that is required and we could just be like everyone else and just like enjoying the, like the craziness of it. I think that's wonderful. It's like a little guilty pleasure. Um, I say that, but I don't actually feel guilty. (laughs) I actually just enjoy it. (laughs) Um, so I'm with you. I mean, they totally get that. I mean, we're on, I don't know, season six of Vanderpump Rules. We started it from the beginning because Matt hadn't, um, really heard of it before or seen it or anything about it until we got together. And so he, he agreed to watch it with me and he's like, now he's obsessed. He's so into it. So So are you caught up to like live now? No, we're still, we're only on like season six. So he, we're almost there. So, okay. Well, Um, I was going to talk, right? Like, (laughs) I'm always asking you because I tried to watch New York last week or this week too, but Bethany's gone now. I'm like, I don't know. I know. I don't know if I can watch it it without Bethany. I'm like, yeah. But do you know what it is too? I also get like, do you ever get like where you're like, hmm, you kind of like intuitively know things about them and you're like basically not reading them, but kind of like, oh, they should totally do this or this is their problem. Like you can totally like analyze them. Yeah. They should just like hire us on set and we'll just like tell them how it is. Consultants. (laughs) Amazing. I think it's also good to, um, listen to music that's not spiritual. Like, I mean, obviously like we love our music and it's inspiring and it's all, that's one of the tools that we use to connect. But I think too, give yourself permission to listen to stuff that isn't necessarily like, you know, um, a spiritual and it, that is something that is just like makes you happy and you love it and you're listening listening to it just for the joy of it what's that for you I mean I am one of the biggest Tupac fans you will ever meet like I'm still have his greatest hits in my minivan playing all the time and it is not very spiritual music though some yeah, songs are a- some songs are but yeah. yeah 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 no I told I totally get what you're saying to me it's like any I mean I love I love music of all kinds there's not I, I don't even think there's one type of music that I could say oh no I don't like it you know so to me it's just like whatever is going to be inspiring inspiring to me in that moment um but some of my favorite I mean I'm very like I love Ed Sheeran he's like my favorite I love Adele she's like I love her so that that's kind of like I'm very like ballady kind of person <laughs> so I mm-hmm. like love all that kind of music um but I also am very nostalgic so I like all the like 
late 80s, early 90s um, pop music as well. So, you know, it's just like whatever is going to be uplifting and it's going to make you happy. I think you should give yourself permission to also have that side. Yeah, I like rap and I always have. And maybe this is the clairsentient in me, but sometimes the way that they say things, there's so much passion. Like it could actually make me cry. Even when they're talking about hate, it's so passionate. I just feel it. Yep. I always have loved Eminem for that reason. Yes. I'm so like obsessed with him. I I I thought I was going to marry him in high school. I was like, I stand a chance. I'm like... He's talking about yeah. killing his wife. I'm like, I'm like this yeah. is the relationship I want to enter. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> but it's an energetic thing. I totally get that. Like, I totally get it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And the anger thing, too. I mean, you know, I commuted for six years on the highway of death. Um, right. So to Vancouver. I have seen some of – I have been chased by a truck – for over 60 kilometers, nine months pregnant, this guy oh. wanted to kill me and drive me off the road. Like I have seen some of the, and this is how come I was so glad to quit my job. I'm like, I yeah. never have to commute again. And I used to be so angry in the car and I used to like be swearing and just like, you know, not my spiritual self. It yeah. was, it, but you know, you have to be okay with that because you are human. And I think that if you're somebody who is avoiding these emotions and these feelings, they're going to catch up to you sometime. And there's oh, definitely. a big explosion if you're not releasing when you're feeling the feelings, right? That's right. And I think that it's, um, I, I mean, I totally hear that because like I did for, I don't know, not as long, maybe three years or something, but it was Maple Ridge to the West End, Vancouver. And it was the same thing. I mean, it was just like such rage sometimes that I would feel like just because you're so helpless, you're stuck in your car, you're trying to get home to your kids. Like it's just, uh, it's a horrible feeling. Um, well, at that point, it was just Jackson, but still, you know, just like trying to get home to him, that kind of thing. So I get that. Um, but I think what you're, yeah, it's true what you're saying. I think that in a lot of the teachings that are out there these days, I think there's this false idea that if you're going to be positive and you're going to be, you're going to be spiritual and you're going to be on your path that you need to turn everything into a positive, you know, and that there's never, you know, it's never. And sometimes I think, you know, I've seen people be vulnerable and post things on social media saying like they're struggling with this or that. And I see healers and mediums and psychics and intuitives that rush to comment. And it's like every single thing they say is very much dismissing the hurt or the struggle and basically almost shaming that person and making them feel like, Oh, well, you know, you should be positive. It's this, it's that. And it's almost like taking, it's taking the, um, it's taking, they're missing an opportunity to allow the person to sometimes, sometimes you just need to be heard. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not like a lesson that you need to be like thinking about in that moment. You just need to be heard and met with compassion and, and that's okay. Like it's okay to sometimes struggle. And I think it's important that people know that even if you're um, on a spiritual development path, that you're still allowed to feel angry, sad, um, upset, disappointed, 
all of those things. I mean, you're not going to stay in that. You're not going to dwell in it and focus on it, but you've got to feel it. You have to be allowed to sometimes just feel what you feel. Yeah. And this, there's two sides to this too. I wanted to bring up because it's a really valid point. And one of the things I ask my friends when they're like, "Oh, hey, can we connect?" and just want to talk, and I, I get it out in advance. I'm like, "Do you want me to just listen, or are you looking for my advice and input?" Like, I get that kind of clarity before they even unload. So maybe if you are somebody who's wanting to post and be real and authentic about what you're experiencing, be super clear about that. Like, I'm yeah. just looking to be heard. I'm not looking for advice or I'm not looking for your philosophies, right? Because sometimes those can be even more off-putting than anything else. And especially in the spiritual field, because we got, we are spiritual bypassing everywhere and light washing. And, you know, you, you were talking before about toxic positivity and it's so dismissive to the human experience that we're having that it's, you're just going to set you back. It's true. It's true. And, um, you know, I do, I totally, I mean, I've been um, intrigued by the law of attraction and I've definitely used it and I've been manifesting my whole life, but I certainly do. I've looked at it and thought at times, you know, you never want to get into the point where you're just like avoiding feeling negative or supposedly, you know, like a negative emotion. Um, so it's finding that balance, you know, being able to experience it, being able to deal with your emotions, deal with what's happening. Um, and then just choosing to redirect once you've worked through it, you know, process what you need to process and then to focus your energy then on, you know, that which you wish to create, you know, so it's like living intentionally, but never, never like dismissing and, and disregarding the human experience and all of that it includes pain. You know, there's no way we're ever going to get out of this. Any one of us without experiencing some kind of pain. Mm. Yeah. Suffering. Yeah. And I think it's, a, I think it's an important part of what we need to, what we need to experience. Yeah. I want to do a whole episode on manifesting and law of attraction because when the secret came out, um, that documentary annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> It did. And that's such an unpopular thing to say. And I've said it to some people and they're like, oh, I loved it. Like I've changed my life with it. But I tried the secret um, way of doing things to try to manifest. And this is before I became abundant AF. And right now I'm a crazy manifester and I have been for the past four years. But when I tried it the way of the secret, I was so drained and exhausted because you're not allowed a single negative thought to like enter your mind. Or yeah. doubting thought, I was drained. I it couldn't imagine living like that. I mean, I loved it. Like, I'll be honest, it did change my life. I watched the um, movie, like I watched it with a friend, and I totally did use some of the techniques, and I totally did. Like, I did manifest a bunch of stuff. However, it gave me anxiety because I was like, oh, my God, am I feeling something negative? Ah, and I started panicking that I wasn't going to manifest what I wanted to manifest if I had, like, two seconds where I was not totally like in this like crazy high vibration. That's what so I mean. It, it was yeah, raining me. <laughs> it's like a little bit insane. Like it is a little bit crazy. But however, like the, the principle and the idea I, I totally am into and I totally get, I just think that like, 
you have to modify it to make it work for you. So it's like, yeah, we should talk about, have a whole episode because there's totally so many different ways and so many different like aspects of it. So that would be a cool thing to, I think to so too. get into as well. I'd love to hear like your take on it as well. For sure. Well, that will be a future episode for sure before we go way too off track. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. No, I love that. I think, I mean, we'll never run out of things to talk about. No, gosh, no, no. I mean, I love talk. I love having these conversations with you and I know that, that people really are enjoy listening to it. So there you go. <laughs> We're yeah, just well, I mean, talking. It's, uplifting. it's uplifting. And I think it's part, honestly, it's part of my um, spiritual practice. You know, it's something that gives me um, upliftment and it gives me joy and it's so wonderful. It's like a standing date. So at least we know no matter what, even though we're, in touch with each other usually through the week anyway but it, it it's a way for us to always sort of like um have that chat you know on the books every I week. love so it I know I love it and I'm so glad that we were able to meet up tonight and have this conversation and hopefully it gives people some in permission slips maybe even to just kind of like do what feels good to you and what lights you up maybe some ideas with altars and different things that you can integrate into your life just to remind yourself that you're a spiritual being having this human experience and also i think a big takeaway is feel those feelings like don't bypass them allow them to come it doesn't make you any less spiritual to be angry or sad or resentful it really doesn't. And I, I think that it's just, yeah, it's something that um, we're all going to experience, you know, and it's, it's learning to get through challenges. That's really the most spiritual thing I think you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning a new way to react, learning a new way to look at things, having a new perspective. Um, but certainly, yeah, I mean, getting, I would just say adding to the, the parts of bringing spirituality into your life getting outdoors, spending time in nature, going for walks. I think that's one of the most beautiful spiritual practices you could ever give yourself. Um, you know, so whatever, whatever it is, prayer, um, any of that, just, mm. just do what works for you. Don't think that you have to follow any certain guide or any certain steps, you know, just find, find what works for you and you'll know when it's right because you'll feel it. Um, and so don't be hard on yourself. If you, if you fall off the wagon every once in a while, um, you can always, you can always regroup and get back on. Yeah. I mean, I watch Vanderpump with about a dozen girl guy cookies every week. That's, I I mean, that's a wonderful, <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful outlet to have. Um, and for, you know, I think like, just enjoy it, enjoy this life. I mean, we're here to be, we're, we are spirit having a human experience, but we are here to experience the mm. physical world. So, you know, let's, let's enjoy it while we're here. Yes, I agree. Great advice. Wonderful. Well, thank you, my friend. I hope that you have a wonderful night. And thank you guys so much for continuing to listen. Yes. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Okay. Bye.